I'm Maddie. And I am Ryan. And this Today is, the is the Mutant, Mutant Ages. Ages. Let's try to say yes, it, it simultaneously. Where right. we watch every adaptation, adaptation of, of the, the X-Men ever. Oh. We talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we kind of do. Okay, we, um, we have different interpretations about what this show even is. No, we don't. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we I know we don't. It's a, the we are in the same three. The same interpretation is we tried to review every adaptation of the X-Men honestly but then the show just became us writing fan fiction about how gay we think all of them are back when we were young we experienced a change we felt a power grow in us both wonderful and strange the power to care about the x-men and the mutant brotherhood all of their adventures Speaking of which, we've been called out repeatedly on the Discord about our last episode of Drift, where we kept on saying that. <laughs> People ha- think we are insane. No, People no, this is what we were we going on about it. Havoc and uh, Cyclops being weirdly romantic in that episode. And they're like, they're huddle- cuddling for warmth. People do not agree with us. And I think they're right and that we're wrong. Okay. I agree with them. So I just wanted, <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that we are listening and we also agree with you. So yeah, we're nuts. We appreciate your opinion. All right. Anyway, so today is an episode about how Cyclops is a piece of shit. <laughs> he is a piece of shit. So this episode is called Joyride. We're like halfway through season two at this point. Uh, previously on the X-Men. Okay, sure, sure yes. we can do previously on the X-Men. Um, previously on the X-Men, the new mutants are here now. There's a bunch of yes. other teenagers living in the X-Mansion. Magma, Jubilee, Bobby, who is Iceman, Cannonball, Berserker's there sometimes. Who did I forget? Sunspot. Sunspot. Uh, is that everybody? Boom Boom, who left? Oh, well, Boom Boom is not living in the X Mansion. We'll talk about her later, although she is in this episode. But yeah. mostly this episode is about these brand spanking new X Men trying to learn how to be X Men, but also largely just being hyperactive and dipshits and adorable and lovable, but also like making Xavier's life hell. I mean, it's everything in this episode is believable. Yeah. I, it feels like this is all shit we would have done if we had superpowers. Uh, also, we need to mention that at the end of season one, the Brotherhood was left without Mystique, so they've been just kind of on their own in their little Brotherhood pad, and Boom Boom moved in with them after ditching Xavier's weird-ass military yeah, center. Yeah, I wish we could see more of them. This is not what this episode is about. I wish I had an episode that was called Brotherhood Evolution. Yeah, I just want to see how they're doing, because like almost as a side story in this episode, Boom Boom is in the background of the Brotherhood now, and I was like, how's she fitting in? Like, how's that going? Yeah, we don't... Well, I don't know. Well, we kind of get more into that later, but not in this episode. And also, we need to mention that in, I think it was like episode two, where Kitty Pied was introduced... In her school that she was at when her powers manifested, she also found out that Avalanche had powers too, who's this weird, like he's, you know, both, I know, Richter and Avalanche at the same time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in this version, he's straight, I guess. I I have to go with that because that's what I'm presented in this episode. Yeah. Uh, And he's he's very interested in dating Kitty or at least at the very least being friends with her. Oh, they want to fuck. Come on. Come on. I know. I know. This is like such a weird, I like... And it reminded me so much of how in the comic books, Kitty does not have any solid love interests really at any time. Like Mm -hmm. she dates like all these like other queer coded characters like she dated like she dates Colossus, who's not queer, but like that's weird on its own right Mm -hmm. uh, because of the age gap when they were children. And then she dates like Pete Wisdom, who is like a full on adult. And that's weird. And then she dates Bobby, who's gay. (laughs) Then she dates Star-Lord. Who is like also Bye. bisexual and like kind of an asshole. Like, I don't know. Like her record isn't great. So they're like, well, we'll just give her avalanche on the show because we're not going to visit any of those characters right now. Maybe we would have seen that 
if the show had continued to allow Colossus in there. Maybe. But we don't. Or maybe it's just that Kitty had always kind of been written as a queer character and it's just that she wasn't allowed out of the closet. So every time she dates somebody, it's like... Sure, but what? like in this episode, it's like in this episode, we're suddenly seeing this relationship develop that is not from the comic books. And it's like kind of off the rails. And I don't really think it continues too much after season two i'm not sure i mean i do think that you were right before about saying that lance changes as a character i would say this episode writes him in a different way like he's still kind of the bad boy that we've gotten to know but he's also kind of wolverine-esque in this episode yeah but like in season two like for most of it every single time we've interacted with him he's been kind of like pushing back from the brotherhood more and more like even in that episode with boom boom mm-hmm. you know he's hanging with it with his friends but he's the only one that's been like i don't think mystique's coming back and should we care yeah. you know yeah i mean i that's also a part of this episode as well yeah. i think he just feels abandoned again mystique is mis- missing by the way M- mystique is pretending to be risty wild not in this episode but she is uh off doing other random shit and not being mystique anymore so the brotherhood kids have been abandoned anyway are we ready to talk about the episode? Yeah, I think that covers it. So this opens up with Avalanche dramatically walking up to the X-Mansion and rumbling the gates off their hinges. <laughs> and the mutant alarm goes off yep. and everybody wakes up. Puts on their costumes. I, I mean, like, I really don't know how they get out there so fast, completely in costume with makeup and hair done. But like it happens. <laughs> they have quick change machines in the mansion because they are always able to change at the moment's notice. And they do that even at school when they suddenly need to change. They're like very fast at putting on those costumes. Maybe they're just wearing them under their clothes all the time spider-man style okay that is not true because we all know that wolverine sleeps naked even on this show like when he comes running in save a row he managed to put on some pants on but that was it you know that's true um although he puts on his entire costume logan is out front and center in front of the x mansion followed by all the teenagers yeah i kind of feel like he was already running around in costume i don't think he was asleep that's my maybe theory. he was like doing a midnight workout by himself i don't know but he is ready but so is everybody else everybody else all, all puts on their costumes it's really like it's kind of crazy and i also don't understand why the new mutants never get to like be part of any of this ever like well i think this episode explains why they're really not ready at all like they are not ready okay yeah, but in season one we had all these characters introduced and they were like straight up like turned into soldiers immediately yeah you know what i mean i mean i think this episode it's not really about Xavier and the adults at all, but if it were about that, I think it would be the adults having meetings being like, now that we've scaled up, we do not have the resources to train this many teenagers at one time. Like, that is what this episode is really about, is that now there's like 10 kids living there instead of five, and they cannot keep track of them all. Where are Aurora and Beast in this entire episode? Why aren't they? They're just not training him, so they're like, we'll just have Cyclops do it. And I'm like, wait, he's not even a teacher. What the fuck is happening? Yeah, Cyclops is a fully grown adult man in this episode. I know know he's in this to be an asshole to Avalanche specifically, and that's his purpose, but it's kind like it would i'm like i don't understand where the teachers are yeah beast and storm are gone they're basically not on the show now which is kind of sad because i like them it is sad anyway so the mutant alarm goes off and immediately in classic xavier fashion guns come out of the ground is just wildly so many guns and lance destroys so them, many but like a ton of machine guns come out to kill a child who's walking across yeah. the lawn um and then uh lance comes up to the x-men who are standing out in front of the mansion ready to kill him in cold blood and yeah, Wolverine's <laughs> also screaming in like super dramatic fashion where he's like, something we could do for you, Bob! <laughs> and he like slowly extends his claws and everyone just kind of stares at Wolverine. Yeah, and Lance is like, yeah, I've come to join the X-Men. And then everyone looks shocked and then the intro music plays. <laughs> yeah. I also Rogue looks shocked and I'm like, Rogue, why do you look shocked? You literally did this on this show. You like left the Brotherhood and came here. Like, I mean, okay, I guess if we're supposed to believe every single thing Lance has done on the show is canon, it is kind of shocking because the other times we've seen Lance, he's like alternated between literally trying to murder people to impress I mean, I a guess, girl. But also like Rogue and Kitty have both been talking to him on the phone throughout this we, show. Okay, so that's like, our canon, Ryan. That's not actually on the show. Kitty's been talking yeah. to him but that's recent. I'm talking about like season one, Lance. Like he was pretty evil. That's true. Also at the beginning of this season, he was like, he tried outing everybody, didn't work yes. out. And then you got mind wiped You're and right. just gave up on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, so Kitty's like, like, are you serious? And Avalanche is like, yeah, why not? And Wolverine's like, well, I wanted to be the tooth fairy, but I'm not. And we're like, 
Well, we get you are though. You you are, are you're the, the tooth fairy. fairy. And so then Xavier rolls out and he's like, let's see what he has to say. And like brings everybody inside and is like, calm down, let's all sit in the in the mansion, let's have a conversation. This is also the scene where Xavier is like I mean Xavier, uh Logan is sitting sexually on Xavier's desk and he's been aged down again to look like this, and he's facing Jean, who now looks like she's like thirty seven. Yeah, I mean Jean's also not in this episode. By no, the this way. is like the only scene. And neither is Logan really. I mean Logan's in it for a couple seconds, but like I don't know. The the more the show goes on, the more I'm like, I agree with you. Like, Logan should have just been a teenager. Especially this episode, which puts Lance in a very Wolverine bad boy kind of role and, like, shows how it could have worked. I'm like, why didn't they just have Logan I don't be know. on the show as a kid? Like, clearly that's they what they want to They could have done that write. with him and Aurora and Beast. Like, I there's know. no I just don't reason. I really get it. Oh, well. I don't either. Anyway, so... Then, so Avalanche is listening to Xavier. He's spinning his helmet around and he's like bored. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like whatever. And so Kitty's like, don't you like living with those idiot friends of yours? And Avalanche is like, uh, I'm kind of over that, honestly. Yeah. And Scott's like, well, I think he should leave. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, Scott spends the whole time freaking out and being like, I don't trust this guy. We got to get rid of him. And Xavier's like, mm, we're not going to. He's so Scott at this. And Xavier's like, shut up, Scott. By the way, Lance doesn't really give an explanation as to why he's doing this. I think Xavier's theory is right. I mean, we'll get to it in a second, but he just wants to have sex with Kitty. Basically, Xavier's like, show him to a room, Kitty. And Kitty's like, come on. And she cutely runs the door without him then comes back and she's like i'm coming i'm gonna drag you through too i'm wet that you're here now and she like pulls him through the door yeah they're like a little flirty um but like in a we hate each other but like we kind of also want to fuck sort of a way okay yeah but then scott's like i know lance he only fucks me when he wants something and xavier's like yeah but i think his feelings for kitty are genuine and it could be a good opportunity for him to learn and honestly in this episode that is what happens yeah. he's like i'm willing to change my, well, like, he's not really willing to change himself, but he's willing to, like, put the work in, basically. Mm-hmm. And honestly, he's doing well throughout the episode. Yeah. And I think he wants to do this. Like, I don't think it's... I think it starts off as a kitty and him wanting to fuck, but I think he actually is like, yeah, this isn't terrible. Like, I could live like this with some purpose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... But for the moment, Lance is still like lovable bad boy slacker. So Kitty takes him into a bedroom and she like makes all these jokes about how it's a hotel and there's no mints on the pillow, blah, blah. Yeah. Even though like the room he's given is a fucking luxurious giant room. I know. Yeah. And so Lance is like, not bad. Of course, I'll have to grunge it up a bit before it feels like home. And then he like dumps all of his stuff into the dresser and Kitty's like, breakfast is at seven. Um, And then she sort of turns back around before leaving the room and is like, Lance, I think it's cool you want to be an X-Men, but watch it. This place is no walk in the park and the other guys aren't going to cut you any slack. And then Lance is like, I can handle it. How tough can it be? And then like smash cut to like them on the X jet, which I thought they were actually on until they cut away to the end. No, I knew I knew it was like a simulator. Yeah. So it's a simulator, but it looks like it's the actual X jet, at least for this first scene. And Scott is the co-pilot and Bobby is the pilot. And Bobby is like doing a terrible, terrible? job. Terrible. Um, and he doesn't like, care that he's doing so bad I either. Know, it's really funny. He th- he's like crashing this simulator. He's like, ha ha ha, this is great. I got even further this time before I crashed and killed everyone. And everyone's like, Bobby, why are you making this into a joke? I know. So I don't know. He, I mean, that's what happens. Also, Lance is freaking out. He's having a panic attack. He thinks he's going to puke. Yep. Uh, then they finish the simulator mm-hmm. and Bobby runs out to Logan. He's like, look how long it took me to crash the ship this time. And then Logan rips him a new one. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you need to take this more seriously. You're terrible. If you don't get your shit together, Bob, you're all going to die. <laughs> and Bobby like runs off crying. And Xavier, even Xavier's like, Logan, why'd you even do that when you literally do the same thing? <laughs> and Logan is like, yeah, but I can walk away from a crash. Not like these kids. And Xavier's just like, whatever. <laughs> and then he like storms around away dramatically. And Xavier's like, what the fuck? I think that's like one of the last lines Logan even had. I mean, okay, he's there at the end, but like Logan is just like distantly in the background of this episode. And like mostly Kitty and Scott run the rest of the lessons. Like Kitty's there with a clipboard and she's like, check, Bobby crashed again. And is like using the clipboard to keep track of things. Giggling and like winking at Avalanche. I don't know. And then also Kurt's here in the background yes. cleaning the X-Jet. And there's a, there's a reference where here where he's like, 
I've been doing this for two whole months. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why is this his punishment for cutting? Yeah, didn't he didn't he go to the carnival with Boom Boom? Boom? Yeah. That was ages ago. That was like five episodes ago. I know. And Xavier's like, you need to like clean everything for two whole fucking months for what you did. But then these kids who are essentially going to steal the X-Jet later don't get that same punishment. I know. It's kind of absurd. Like, Kurt is doing so much work. He's like cleaning the entire X-Jet alone later. And I'm like, that's a jet! It's like the size size of a fucking jet. Xavier is just racist towards blue people, you know? (laughs) Oh my god, if that was even possible. Xavier just doesn't like other people, period. And like, doesn't know how to raise teenagers. Like, I don't know. He's not a dad. Anyway, so that's happening in the background. So then it goes to a different training session. And Cyclops and Spike are training the new mutants together. We get to see Magma burn out some buzz saws until she misses and Cyclops has to save her with his eye beams. Then Bobby freezes the buzz saws. He actually does it, then turns his back to gloat, <laughs> but then they still almost hit him anyway. So, so Scott has to deflect them again. I know. And then we get this incredibly gay scene between Scott and Lance where Scott's like checking out Avalanche's ass and he's like, Hey, you look so much hotter in this costume. And he's like smiling at Lance. It like that's the only way you could interpret it. Like you have to be like, hey. But there is a moment where Scott like puts his hand on Lance's shoulder for too long and Lance turns to stare at Scott like angrily. I mean, it's supposed to be like a comedy. And Scott's beat. like smiling and he's like, I like you in this costume a lot more. And I was like, what's happening? I don't know. Scott is trying to hit on Lance and Lance is like, I'm trying to fuck Kitty now. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. And Scott is like, okay. Yeah, I know. Fine. Uh, but Avalanche uses his powers to like take out, he doesn't take out the buzzsaws. He destroys the machines, shooting them. Yep. And Scott gives him this look like, well, you did it wrong. Yeah. And it's like, did he though? I think he'd like actually, like that's when you play like a video game, especially like a dungeon crawler, and there's like a nest of shit spitting out, you know, a tons and tons of enemies. You don't take out the enemies, you take out the nest. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So he basically, I mean, okay, admittedly, he destroyed property that they're using to train. So that's kind of bad, but it's also like he still got past it. So who cares? I mean, does Xavier really need a thousand guns no. and things that shoot buzzsaws at people who show up? Like the, what, how does the mailman deliver the mail? Does a mailman have to come in and like dodge a thousand weapons they every day? Like, they probably have what? like a mailbox outside the gate. Like, probably no one is, is allowed inside. Oh, what is this like the mailbox and Honey I Shrunk the Kids, where it's like a tube that goes from the street all the way to probably. the X Mansion? Xavier can afford that shit. He probably has That's like probably a true. mail tube. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. I don't think any other human is ever allowed inside the gates ever. I just don't. Well, think that's so. probably true. I, you're probably right. So then the new mutants all get really excited and they congratulate Lance and Kitty's like giggling in the back background and like Scott is pissed off. And then they go to the danger room. The kids are avoiding more buzz saws because all the X Men ever fight on the show are buzz saws or laser guns. They're doing fine. And then Scott is up in the danger room with Kurt and Kitty and he's like, "Watch this!" And like as they finish their little training rotation down in the danger room, and Avalanche is like giving a thumbs up to the control room, like we did it. Scott just like tosses a big metal cylinder onto his head and like knocks him over and then like I was like I like for no reason and it's crazy Scott and Kurt are high-fiving each other I'm like what the fuck is this and the new mutants all laugh at Lance and it's like okay yeah but also like there's no reason for Scott to do that other than he's being a petty asshole he's just a dick and he feels like Lance made him look stupid earlier so he's trying to get back at him. He's power tripping and like it's awful. Yep. Exa- like Xavier. Oh my god, I just called Scott Xavier. He's very Xavier here. He's definitely following in his Xavier's footsteps. So then Kitty just looks sad in the background, and we're kind of like, okay, interesting. Well, she like, kind of looks annoyed at Scott, yeah, which yeah. is fair. But also, like, Kitty's the odd one out. She's starting to like Lance. Well, yeah. So then we go to the pool, and the X-Men are doing a drill where some of them are pretending to be like drowning, and the new recruits have to rescue them. So, like, Bobby makes an ice bridge over to Evan to save him. And then, like, Lance, like, pushes Cannonball out of the way so that he can rescue Kitty and, like, does it, like, super sexually and is, like, cradling it's her. It's funny, though, because he, funny. like, pushes Cannonball and Cannonball just shoots out wildly yep. around the entire fucking backyard. Yeah. And so then Scott is like, wrong victim, Alvers. Plus, you drowned two people. <laughs> well, also, okay, wait, wait, wait. So he was supposed to save Rogue, and you see, we glazed over the part where he throws a lifesaver at Rogue, and yeah. just hits her in the head, and she's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, like, then she swims up by herself, and Avalanche is holding Kitty. He's like, but look who I saved. And Kitty's, like, giggling and rubbing one out, and Rogue's like, 
you creep and pushes him back in and i'm like i I love rogue rogue is perfect on every show yeah and plus you can't really blame her for being jealous because like she and kitty have been kind of hooking up for a little while and like now suddenly lance swoops in and is like hello and kitty's all distracted but it's also very rogue especially after x-men the animated series to have rogue who's a super super flirty character also be like people who flirt are fucking awful and it's like (laughs) rogue what are you even saying so it is funny because she's not really that character on this show. No, she's really not. Yeah. Uh, so then Bobby Jubilee and Berserker all jump into Avalanche's Jeep because they all like him. Now they, yes. the new mutants think Avalanche is fun. And he's kind of one of them in a certain type of way because they're the other new recruits. And so is Lance. So to them, they're like, all right, hang out with us. Yeah. I liked that. So like they're being friends with him. This is all very high school. Totally. All this is so high school. And so they all get into his car uh, Scott walks over. One of them is like nice car summers. And then like Scott turns to see his own convertible and it's covered in mud. And like somebody was taking it out for a spin at some point, but not Scott. Well, Scott kind of assumes that, that it's avalanche. Yes. Here. And we do too. The viewer does too. I was like, okay, sure. And, um, so then Lance speeds off on the Jeep with the new mutants inside is like, see ya. And I wrote, why is Lance basically Wolverine in this episode? Because this was the point where I didn't know that Lance wasn't responsible for these things. But like, it did kind of remind me of like X-Men 2000, like Logan stealing Cyclops' stuff and like, not necessarily muscling in on Jean Grey, instead muscling in on Kitty. But like, there's a lot of similar vibe to it in terms of how the episode is set up where scott is like what who's this bad boy coming in here i'm so offended by this and lance is like whatever i have a leather jacket and i'm like really cool (laughs) it has a lot of logan to it which again just makes me feel like logan should have been a teenager on this show but it's fine. They're just like transposing it onto Avalanche yeah, which is, here. I mean, it makes for a really fun episode, but it's also like, it does. well, why isn't Logan this character? <laughs> anyway, well, I don't fine. know. Like, I there's so many things I would go back and do if I could on this show, and that's mm-hmm. one of them is make him mm-hmm. a kid. But uh, one of the things I like here in this scene is that, which is very high school, is where Lance is like, he just ditches his friends group to go be with this other friends group, which we've all done in high school. Totally. Like, but of course his other old friends group is going to confront him at school which is this next scene. yeah i mean like i feel like we went i went through this a little bit in high school myself where like i was like who doesn't the goth kid and had my all my friends and then there was like a period of time where i was trying to impress like this boy and so suddenly i was hanging out with all of him and mm-hmm. his friends and everyone's like what the fuck is ryan yep. doing you know like classic that's what the scene is that we're about to walk it walk mm-hmm. into now so it's at high school and then fred shows up and pushes lance into a locker and pietro and boom boom and toad are all standing behind him or next to him and pietro's like hey lance long time no see and then fred is like yeah where you been old buddy and lance is like get your hands off me wide love because he's you know being a jerk and boom boom is like you know, we heard the craziest thing, Lance. Somebody said you were living with the Geek Squad. Yeah. And Lance is kind of like sidestepping the question. And Toad is like, I knew it. Mystique's going to hand you your left arm when she gets back. And Lance is like, she's not fucking coming back, guys. Like, I don't know why you haven't figured it out. And Fred like has this sad line where he's like, oh, yeah, well, well. And then he just like looks really sad because he like can't think of anything to yeah. say, which I thought was really cute. Yeah, Pietro's like, good yeah. one. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> yeah. And then he like turns to Lance and he's like, you're becoming one of them. You're becoming an X-Men. And Lance is basically like, yeah, whatever. And Toad is so yeah. upset. Like all of them are really upset and are like shocked that Lance is doing this. Yeah, because they're his yeah. friend, and you know? He's abandoning them and like working with people who kicked their ass previously. <laughs> like it's kind of fucked up. It is really so fucked boom up. Boom Boom is the one who's like, you're making a mistake, Lance. You're never going to fit in with those guys. And also their whole place is really weird. And like, you don't want to get in there. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that's what I got from him too. Like Boom Boom's like, you're making a mistake. Trust me. We don't fit in there and they won't accept you unless you do Xavier's 50 fucking like weird ass things. Yeah. You know? And also like, even if you do it all correctly, they're still not going to accept you. But yeah. Lance doesn't see that yet. No, but I mean, I do I appreciate that Boom Boom has that line versus mm-hmm. any of those other characters. So, mm-hmm. uh, so now we go back to the X Mansion. It's nighttime. Lance is walking around in his underwear, getting ready for bed, and yep. he sees that Bobby, Jubilee, Cannibal, and Multiple Man are sneaking out of their rooms. Yeah. And he goes to, he kind of goes to follow this, but we don't know that yet because it cuts down to the kitchen where Kitty's making herself a little midnight snack. Yeah. Uh, which I love, by the way. Yeah. She's making a little peanut butter sandwich and eating an apple. And like she knocks over a pencil 
but that yeah, but that, why, why is that the thing I that don't falls know, but anyway <laughs> over the course of all of this she overhears the teen sneaking out and she kind of has this moment of being like hello is anyone there but like doesn't hear anything after that so then she yeah. crouches down through the table to get the pencil and like as lance is walking by he sees her like with her head on a platter basically because she's like yeah with the, the table. apple in her mouth yeah and then like he faints in shock which is like <laughs> what he fainted from that i don't know i don't it's know like why he weird faded from comedy that comedy bit that's like it's in like here it really is because it's like well you know that she's got phasing powers too so like what do you think's happening yeah, like why is this so scary to you but anyway he faints i don't i don't I know it's really that funny should be the sign that lance doesn't go with them is because he fucking fainted like does he not wake back up and go with them i think yeah, he he's just on the ground all night i don't know so yeah. The, but the new mutants are now stealing one of the X vans, the one that okay, well, I don't I can't remember. believe it's called the X van. I've been calling it the X tank this whole time. It's like a big tank, essentially, with like it's kind of like a military vehicle with like, yeah, huge, I don't know. It's like a Humvee uh, it, kind of. There was a lot of questions I had in this. I'm like, how do people not notice these uh, vehicles? But then they do. So it yeah. kind of like does actually. Well, have at its least consequences. we know the X jet has cloaking powers. This doesn't. It's like. I don't know. No, anyway, it doesn't. This it, is just they a call van. It officially the X van. That's they literally do. what it's called. And, they, and then they get into the car. They're driving around. And they're like, "What is this? They do it." Cannibals just flickering the light on and off repeatedly, which is Ryan Pagella, age sixteen, yep. just being like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> "Bobby's like, watch this," and it's like crazy because he like reaches outside of the tank and he like shoots like an ice beam that creates a Sonic the Hedgehog loop de loop, yep. and the van goes around it like it's fucking Sonic, and then like lands, and they're like, "Yeah, that was." Okay, they fly into the air like 60 feet into the air and somehow they don't die when they land like i don't I understand don't... how they went through the loop they weren't going that fast it's like it doesn't make any sense so then then bobby and jubilee are like pushing buttons being like does this thing even do anything i guess not and meanwhile they're like shooting missiles off the roof of the car that are like exploding power lines and shit and they're like it's too bad this van doesn't fucking do anything and they're like leaving so much destruction in their wake it is such a teenager situation it's i loved so it so funny then then it ends and it cuts to bobby collapsing in bed but it's like dawn like it's already morning and they're they pulled an all-nighter then xavier pops in their heads like time for an early danger room session like they should have known but you know what I we know. do this shit all the time i remember I when i after high school like i, did shit I uh, like this when i was not in high school in high school well in high school i sometimes would stay up all night but like not doing a joyride because i didn't have access to the x van but we did that later on we did that when you were in college because totally that's what i was about did to it reference in college, like, but i also did it even when i like had a job during college i would like stay that's up what all I'm night saying. and then go to my job which like i think back on that i'm like why why did I, do that? I i know i was th- really thinking about that watching this because there was like Oh my god, there was one night that I think I read in a journal entry recently because I'm re-chronicling them like through therapy. Because I've journaled my life from every day from 1990, which is crazy. But like I was reading about that and I remember this whole thing reminded me about this night that I went and picked you up and Mm -hmm. like it was when you were in college and I had to work the next day. And it was like (laughs) I was like 19, you were 18, and I we I drove into Boston with like a bunch of our friends. We yep. got you. Then we drove like all the way back to Framingham. Like I drove you from Boston. I went from Framingham. Well, which is right next to today to Boston mm-hmm. to get you to drive back to Framingham to drive you back to Boston again. Why? To drive, like, I don't know. And we did this like all night. And then I like went and hung out with my friends at their house. And like then I went over to another friend's house at like 5 a.m. And then like I had to work at like nine. Like yep. I went to bed at like seven, slept for half an hour, got up and I felt like shit all yeah. day. Yeah, I, I did shit like that too. I remember there was this one time when I was driving around all night and like this was when I was living with my parents and like at some point in the middle of the night, my mom woke up to pee or something and looked out the window and was like, why is the car not here? And it was like four <laughs> in the morning. And then like the following day, I woke up at six for work. And she was like, where the fuck was the car like two hours ago? (laughs) And I was like, oh, whatever, mom. Like, why are you getting so involved in my life? Like, it's my car and I can do whatever I want. And she was like, yeah, you can't drive around at four when you need to wake up at six for work. Like, if you're going to live here, you need to not do that. And I was like, well, I guess I have to move out because my mom's trying to control my life. And it's like, what was I doing? I, I, I did the same thing. I remember that I would show up at home at, usually at 4 a.m. like yeah. consistently every day of the week even if I had to work and like 
I would come in do this and then I'd be like so annoyed at my parents for me like too. pointing out in honestly like a pretty polite way like what the fuck are you doing like you need to go to work like what oh, is yeah, okay I would like sneak into the house oh not sneak in but I would open I would try to be quiet coming into the house but you know my house it's old and it's creaky so that door that is famous like my all of our friends my had house it. was so creaky too like no it's like you would open that front door and you could like quietly get the keys in and turn lock and then be like <laughs> you know and it's like everyone would know and then you would have to slam it shut because it wouldn't shut correctly so, yep. so then, then, then so i would then have to go up the stairs house is awake from you slamming the door shut at four yeah i like and so and every night my mom would be like she'd be like ryan if you're gonna live under this house you can't be out until 4 a.m every single day and i'm like i don't even go to school no anymore mom you don't tell me what to do i'm an adult <laughs> even though i don't even pay rent here or any of my bills i spend all my money on toys and food you know like somehow we got our shit together and left our houses somehow i don't know i, but I, I don't I, but i think this is like what everyone does but this is i mean we were out doing the same thing we were joyriding we would just get our friends yes. have them some of them would sneak out of their windows at night yep. and like get into our cars and then we would drive around for hours and hours not going anywhere listening to music screaming going to fucking mcdonald's repeatedly we go to mcdonald's like two or three times in one night which okay, is that fucking makes sense, ridiculous though, because we were under 21 and so we couldn't go yeah. to bars so all we could do was go to a 24-hour mcdonald's and get like mcflurries like that was the only thing we could do like there was nowhere else to hang out well, sometimes we would drive off up to that 24-hour dunkin donuts because we did not yes. live in an area that was like of 24 course. hours and so we'd get like coffees and hot chocolates so we could keep the buzz going i don't know i have I, I have friends who will message me and be like oh do you remember back in the day when you would just pick me up at like one in the morning and we just drive around all night good times like yeah it's like was it good because then you'd feel like shit the next day anyway the, the theme of this episode it's like sometimes it was dangerous so remember that time that like i was driving us around at like two in the morning and i drove over a fucking median and like yep. blew out and two got a tires flat tire immediately yeah two flat that's tires. like that's one of my dad's favorite stories because we called him to like come get us because yeah. we couldn't do anything about it i was like I popped, I call him at like 3 a.m. I'm like, I blew up a tire. He's like, okay, well then change it. I was like, uh, well, actually it was two tires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, like I was not that close to my apartment at that time. That was when I was living in an apartment. So Ryte walked me home to my apartment, which was probably he like did? 45 minutes of walking. And then he, and then he came back all the way back to you. Yes. That oh is what my happened. God. I don't remember any of that. I just remember the next day being really angry that my dad was like, he woke me up at seven. He's like, okay, we have to go get the car from the place and like put the tires on. And you were angry at him. <laughs> yes. And you like, you like flipped shit on me, which sure. honestly, like Can I deserved you even it. Imagine Ryan, somebody waking you up at 3 a.m. and being like, Hey, so I destroyed two tires and I need you to come get me. And also, I'm going to be mad at you tomorrow about it. Also, this is your car that I'm driving around because you paid for it. And uh, technically, it's in your name. But like, come pick me up, asshole. Like, I don't know. I don't know. We could go on and on. We were terrible. We could. But it's just the point is that this episode is good in the sense that it's very relatable. If you like were a teenager you know what i mean you were a fucking asshole yes um which we were yeah, we were <laughs> we were goth as fuck which is so are they so anyway so the next day uh or in the morning after bobby is woken up and all the new mutants yeah yeah they all the new mutants are coming in some of them look fine but the ones who are out joyriding all night look exhausted which is exactly what we looked like and xavier's like logan maybe you're training them too hard or I don't know if it's him or Scott, but one of them asked that. Scott says it. Savior is not there. Scott is like, maybe we're training them too meanwhile, hard. Meanwhile, Kurt's also up, still cleaning, by the way. Okay, so Kurt's so being Kurt forced to get up at like... all night to clean the entire jet alone. By himself? I don't even understand. And Kurt makes a comment about his how his uh, first getting all kinky. Yeah. Which is like... I, it was, I was like, I'm like, I'm not sure if that's the word I would use for that. But if you want to be kinky, Kurt, live your best life. <laughs> loved it so then logan is like guiding everybody around the x jet lists off six thousand stats about it that i didn't yeah, logan's write down. like jerking off onto the blackberry it's like he's like it goes like mach 500 and it's like so fast and we're like logan like put your dick away for yeah. two seconds he does make a little side comment about like how much xavier can afford though which i was like yeah that's true that's the only reason why any of this is even fucking here so bobby walks up to the jet and bobby's like really excited to come on the jet as well and kurt is like get away <laughs> from my baby which is like <laughs> 
really funny because Kurt is obsessed with the jet now and it's like he says Stockholm Syndrome and he's like it's my jet Uh, it's my jet no one can touch it anymore yeah he's turning to fucking Gollum crawling around up there be like (laughs) precious yeah it's funny so then um, Bobby is like "Uh, can we fly the jet though and Logan's just like no (laughs) No. we're gonna do something else that's a little bit easier for you guys to use since you all have licenses and they go to the X van and it's been blown up yeah, essentially it's been and Logan's destroyed like, and Logan is like um what, what the, the fuck? fuck happened and Scott just turns around and it's like it was Lance fuck him get him out of here fuck this guy and it's like Scott you don't even know what happened like yeah, and also Lance actually wasn't there um but Lance doesn't say anything he just stares at everybody and he's like hmm okay I interpreted it as Lance kind of being like this is the moment that Boom Boom was warning me about. You know what I mean? Where he just kind of yeah. like stares at everyone and is like, okay, I guess everyone's going to blame well, this me for is, this And this shit. is also why I'm like, this is one, like, so Richter because like his friendship with Boom Boom is exactly what's playing out here. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and, that, and that was that was like the trajectory both Boom Boom and Richter had in the comic books where like, they didn't really fit in. So they just like went to like Cable's X-Force hit squad instead, you know? Yeah, yeah. So then the next night happens and the new mutants stay up all night again because again. they're like, us. I can't believe that. I like it's, I was I'm about to say, I can't believe they do it the next night, but I'm like, well, we did it. Yeah. So whatever. <laughs> it's like, is it really that unbelievable? Yeah. And so Jubilee like wake. Well, first of all, Jubilee is they tell talking multiple to boy that he can't come with. Well, wait, we see, we see one multiple man and yeah. Jamie's like, I really want to go. And Jubilee's like, okay, but like, you fill up the van and he's like, no, I don't. But there's like a thousand of him standing behind him. And they're in like, the you have to stay here, Jamie, go to bed. And they're like, all of them simultaneously are like, oh, <laughs> and like, like a stampede of Jamie's run down the hall. It's kind of <laughs> cute though. It's like a fun little animation thing. So then they go yeah. wake up Lance who is sound asleep, like a healthy human. And then Jubilee <laughs> is like, we're going on another joy ride. You want to come with us? You're going to get the blame either way, which I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, and then Lance is like, fuck off. I'm asleep right now. Go away. <laughs> and Bobby yeah, is like, you're lost. But this time we're taking something else. Something bigger and faster. And then they leave and Lance like jumps out of the bed. He's like, wait, fuck. They're going to take the X-Jet. Yes. But first we have to see a little scene of them getting into the X-Jet and being like, hot diggity damn. The X-Jet. <laughs> yeah. It's so sexy. We can't wait to get inside like, of it. Is it a cannibal that says hot diggity? And yeah. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. I think it's Bobby. But either way, it's funny. Um, it is funny either way. And Jubilee is the one who's kind of starts being like, is this maybe a bad idea? And the boys are like, nope. And so they all get in there. Lance wakes up realizing again that it's the X-Jet. He runs down the hall. He grabs Kitty. And Kitty's like surprised at first, but she goes with him, even though he doesn't tell her what's going on. Yeah, well, Kitty thinks they're probably going to fuck. Know, and then, like, right? Instead, and they go on like not. a crazy, dead, like deadly mission instead. Yeah. So Cannonball's in the co-pilot seat. Bobby's trying to fly it. Obviously, Bobby's been taking flying lessons. So at least in theory, he won't kill them immediately. In theory. Um, I mean, this is crazy that their kid's stealing a fucking fighter jet right now. And it so is. like. They see so Lance runs into the hangar and sees a blackbird taking off and Kate's like, okay, yeah, there must be like Logan leaving. And like And Lance is like, it's not. It's these fucking kids. And Kitty is like, what? And Kitty's like, what kids? Yeah. What are you talking about? And yeah, Leverage was like, start phasing. He like tosses him and Kitty over the edge to phase into the blackbird. So they phase into like the back of it. As it's rolling by, like to take off. And then like Kitty screams, but manages to phase them onto the jet. They're screaming also, meanwhile, up front in the copy, they're all screaming because like they're charging the jet like a full speed and they haven't figured out how to open the fucking like door. The hangar doors? Yeah. And they like barely managed to open the doors at the end of the I hangar. Thought, I time. thought it was going to end with Jubilee blowing it up, but it wasn't. They actually found the button, but it was like, oh my God. And this is when I was like, oh my God, because they drive right into like New York, New York City, City or something. Like instantly they're in New York City. It makes no sense. Like apparently, Bayville's right next and, to the and city. I was like, "Do that's when I was like, how is like the military not noticing this?" But well, what we discover pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, so it's cloaked. Um, for now, it gets uncloaked later because Bobby loves to press random ass buttons and be like, "What does this <laughs> do?" But for the moment, it's cloaked. Somehow, they don't crash into any buildings, which. I don't even know what to say about this. It's, yeah, it's Jubilee an absurd, is like, terrifying scene. Yeah, where, like, know, I don't know. It really is. And Jubilee is like, watch this. And she opens up like, the sky roof that Storm usually stands on. And she starts shooting like firecrackers into the air, which again, this, okay, that reminds, this reminds me of like, you weren't even here for this, but we were at my <laughs> friend, Al- our friend Elena's house. Yep. And like, it was like lawless there because her mom worked like all the time. So it was just like, no a parents, bunch of us hanging no out. Adults, yeah, there yeah. was there was like a day that we were all hanging out in the in the garage, and 
we have one of those like aroma or not aroma, but one of those like anti mosquito candle things. And yeah. like it fell over and caught on fire and we like ran away instead of putting out the fire. So somebody oh had, had to put out a fire. And then meanwhile, two of us like who was not me decided to get up on top of the roof of the house because we were like, while that was happening, we realized we could do that. Well, Elena's brother was like, check out these fireworks I got and start shooting them at them. <laughs> and they're dodging the fireworks that are exploding in the sky. And they're like diving and trying not to fall off the roof. And there's like a this fire like in the background. only funny because no one died. Like there's another version but of that's this what's story here. that is so sad. That is like, that, and then my friend tragically fell off the roof and died. Like that is because the she other got hit by a firework. But that's like what this energy is and it's like i know it's terrifying but this is what being a teenager is but like you think you're immortal when you're a teenager you feel like nothing bad has ever happened to you and then either you're a teenager where one of your friends tragically dies or you just wake up and you're an adult and you realize you were fucking stupid yeah that's really what it was and that was one of the few days that katie didn't come over with us because she had already had a panic attack about something separate the day <laughs> I mean, that we were doing something the day before we were doing something stupid like at the pond down the street and she was like I'm taking a break from this and I messaged her the next day and I was like this is all the stuff that happened and Katie's like I'm glad I was not there for that like <laughs> So anyway, so th- anyway, this happens and Kitty and Lance like phase through the back of the Blackbird and they're like, Ahem. and then Jubilee's like, whoops, uh oh, and she shoots like one of her firecrackers into the console and just fries the entire fucking Blackbird, which is exactly what I'm feeling with that story yeah, I just and told. And so then the Blackbird is like plummeting to the fl- to the ground like suddenly because Jubilee just fried all of it and Kitty and Lance are yeah, like, yeah, the oh Lance is God. like, oh yeah, I don't like flying. So Lance just starts vomiting all over the Blackbird and Kitty's like, okay, so nobody's in control here. Like zero <laughs> yeah. people are in control. And meanwhile, Bobby's hitting random buttons and he's like, I'll fix it. And then uncloaks the entire jet and then like nearby patrol jets from like the fucking US military see the jet yeah. suddenly and they're like um you're in restricted airspace who the fuck are you <laughs> yeah also kitty tried using the radio to call a mansion but yes, that's been fried. It's fried because jubilee basically destroyed everything instantly um i mean i know that jubilee is not jubilee on the show but at least she like retained that uh personality trait she has where she's always breaking shit like especially electronics yeah that part of it actually felt very jubilee to me in like a cute way so then lance is like whatever i i'm briefly not vomiting so i'm gonna try to take charge the situation we have to show them that we're friendly is this the pa system he presses a button it launches a missile and i'm just like can you kids stop pressing this, this this situation is like off the rails it's wild right like this is crazy it's so nuts so then the other jets are like okay hostile aircraft i guess someone's trying to fucking kill us now There's so maybe we should here. kill them yeah which yep. it would be absurd by the way like yeah I don't know. so they, sh- they use heat seeking missiles to yeah, go to after to them and the jubilee's like down. oh don't worry i got this so she shoots her like little firecracker up in the air so the heat missiles go towards that yep. meanwhile cannonballs like opened up the entire like console and he's like putting bubble gum in there to fix it and it's yeah, like this why? i mean honestly it does feel like the old new mutants comic books where it's like this crazy situation happening and there's like some 14 year olds and then also some 17 year olds bubble gum yeah. i know it's, i don't know amazing. and then so then bobby's like getting ready to crash the ship while lance is vomiting everywhere yeah. and bobby's like he's he's like hold on we're now i don't know where they go they go from like new york city into like this mountainside again the mountains that todd was trying to figure out for us like with he was trying to like look on a map where we were and we still don't know so now we're like in like this sonic the hedgehog level and bobby's like shooting like ice out of the little storm sky roof and he creates another slide so they like don't hit the ground and slide back up into the air somehow. Yeah, I don't and then even somehow know that kickstarts the jet again and it's like flying normally again. I don't really understand how. I don't but know. Like, and whatever. then like more pilot patterns show up. There's like 10 of them now. And then they fly into like this like canyon canyon that looks like the fucking Death Star. Yeah, like what is say, happening? This is basically pod racing now where they're like, oh, there's <laughs> yeah. a Millennium Falcon like trying to, you know, fly through the canyons <laughs> and like avoid all the X-Wings suddenly. It's like, why is Bobby this good at flying? They should should have died they said already. that he was like not good but apparently he's good at flying and leaving the fucking like who's piloting the ship when he decides to jump outside and shoot ice nobody I knows know. I, I guess know. kitty maybe i don't so, know or, i don't know or cannonball since he's the co-pilot i guess right so anyway they managed to avoid all these things but there's way more jets and way more missiles and bobby's like i can't lose them and then kitty is like i can head into that mesa and so then she uses her powers to touch the jet and all the people on on it 
and phase all of them through the mountain, which is actually pretty fucking badass. So they fly yeah. straight through a mountain and the other jets are like, um, what the fuck was that? And then like the main <laughs> one, the main one is just like, we never saw anything. We're just going <laughs> to pretend this didn't fucking happen because I can't explain that. In a way, I was really hoping that one of them was like Carol Danvers before she had her powers just flying around, you yeah, know? Yeah, that would be pretty cool. It's not. Um, but It's not. That but... at least explains why this isn't reported because all the jets are just kind of like, we can't explain this. Yeah. We need to get out I, of here. I don't know. It's it's funny. So yeah. then it, it goes back to the next day. Also, you you can't forget Kitty fainting into Lance's arms and both of them smiling oh, yeah, at each other. Oh yeah, that's right. I, like he's like, that's <laughs> crazy. It's like very South Park where like she's falling into his arms and he's like puking because that's <laughs> happening. Like, yeah, I everybody's don't know. having an emotional time where they're like, wow, we were in so much danger. Yeah, Bobby flies them home just fine, though, and lands the jet without anybody knowing, because then the next day they come down there, and Xavier and Logan are like, and Scott are staring at the ship, and they're pissed off, and they turn around and Lance is there, and Cyclops is like, Avalanche, you took another joyride, didn't you? And Kitty's like, actually, he didn't, and then Avalanche takes the blame. He's like, yeah, yeah I did it, so what? whatever. And then Cyclops is like, I knew it! I was right along! You can't be trusted! You only want fuck me when you want to fuck me but i don't even know the night fucking kitty and everyone's like well what's happening and then bobby walks in and he's like which is this is very bobby drake where he does own up to his fucking yes, bullshit he does and he's like he's like actually he didn't do it we did lance was actually trying to stop us and we also took the x van and cannonball's like and we took scott's car and the tube was like and we took your logan's motorcycle and logan logan's is like, like what and yeah, I know, he's like, like, just kidding. I know, because Logan's like, my motorcycle. <laughs> it's it's like, really funny. And Jubilee's really like backing funny. away slowly. She's like, just kidding. Everything else we said was true except for the motorcycle thing. Okay. Um, Somebody else that did that. Happened. Was it us? We don't know who that was. Maybe that was Lance. I don't know. So. <laughs> It was funny, though. So then Xavier rolls up and he's like, OK, luckily, there's been no official mention of the X-Jet situation. The military probably thought it was a UFO, so they're not they're not going to acknowledge it. Um, and then Kurt walks in and he's like juggling a metal tin of wax. And he's like, do, 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 do. time to wax the X-Jet. And then yeah, I'll be finally done with all of my chores forever. And then he like sees that the X-Jet is like completely beat up and like pieces are hanging off of it. And he's like, has a mental breakdown. Yeah, he does. It's funny and sad. Xavier, Xavier at that point is like, don't worry about it, Kurt. Your probation's over. All is forgiven. It's all good. And then he turns to the new mutants and he's like, your probation's just beginning. You can start by cleaning up the extra and so bobby and cannibal and jubilee like all slowly walk but at least there's like there's like three of them doing that i a good thing multiple man didn't go on this joyride because he like got out of that for not being there and magma did too magma was in the van as well and she gets out of it so you're right about that okay so then scott turns to lance he's like oopsie daisy i guess we all own you apology especially me winks hey you want to hit me up later and lance is like fuck no i'm I'm (laughs) done with this shit like he's like this is way too high maintenance here and xavier's like well lance it's just been really difficult for all of us and it's like fuck you xavier like you didn't do anything to help like (laughs) like, xavier you weren't really paying any attention to what was happening like you and logan kind of dropped the ball yeah like Xavier, you didn't realize like these children were stealing all of your vehicles and like shooting torpedoes like they could have all died like where where are your psychic powers now where yeah, that's are what you i was wondering this whole time was i was like can xavier not tell this is happening like okay i, I, I don't know i, just I don't know that, i couldn't believe it either and then so kitty's like please stay lance and lance is like i'm really all set boom boom was right <laughs> he's like living at the brotherhood place is a thousand times easier than all of this fucking bullshit and you're like weird like superiority complexes you all have like i don't know like he's like i'm done bye but kitty runs up and gives him a little kiss on the cheek real quick yeah well and also xavier leaves the door open for him he's like well if you ever change your mind which is things that xavier did not do for boom boom i know i thought that was interesting like i wonder why xavier thought that boom boom was a lost cause but he thinks Lance has promise. I mean, who the fuck knows? I cannot decipher Xavier's behavior. At I don't all know. Anymore. It's like Xavier does this where he kind of like, cause all the brotherhood characters besides Lance, he's been like, nah, like he's like, we're going to test Toad out by trying to kill, kill him. him. Fred's just immediately bad. Cause he's fat. 
Uh, I don't even remember what Pietro's deal was. Like, they're like, I don't know if Pietro ever actually even tried to. No, be he was an offer. They just kind of utilized Pietro's situation. He manipulated Pietro's situation to get Evan to like do what yes. he wanted. So I there's mean, I that. I bet Xavier was like, well, Pietro is Magneto's kid, and I like don't want to get involved there. So like, I feel like Pietro was like already okay, not fair. allowed to be there from the jump, and also Pietro himself doesn't even consider it probably because of Magneto, right. which kind of tracks. But yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, Xavier was just like, well. Boom Boom's dad is a criminal, so she's inherently bad. So she can go. And it's like, That's such a like, white guy, especially a white rich man's response to things. Yeah, it's like he's like, you're inherently corrupt. I mean, same with Toad in some ways. Um, but like Rogue is allowed to come in and be okay. And like Lance is, I guess, for I, some I reason. I don't know. Well, that's why I feel like Lance was also going to turn out to be more of a Richter character on the show had they had more time to flesh that out, mm-hmm. you know? This is the end of the episode, by the way, is Lance leaving. I mean, we're done at this point in case anybody's waiting for more recap. I related to this episode. I remember when I watched this as a teenager, when it first came out, I was like, I'm not into this episode. I don't feel like it's relatable. But as an adult rewatching, I was like, oh, I did all these things. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like this is this was actually my life for a while. And I I was laughing. I enjoyed this episode a lot more than I expected to. Um, And I also enjoyed the layering here that like uh, the boom booms like they're not going to accept people like us there because we're not like their cookie cutter bullshit. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they're all defying authority. But what's interesting about it though, is that the new mutants are also doing a terrible job. And I'm kind of like, what is the difference here between like, these are just teens being teens and like whatever the brotherhood kids are doing. Like why are some kids considered to be too far gone beyond repair, just inherent bad kids. Whereas other kids are like, yeah, you know, they fuck around, but like we forgive them. And it's like, what is that distinction exactly? Yeah, I don't know, because like the new mutants are doing a whole lot worse than the Brotherhood are at this point. They, I mean, they shot like torpedoes at the fucking military, you know? And I think even Lance notices that double standard where he's like, so I don't have parents and I've grown up without that. And these rich kids, they do. And so they are allowed to be bad. And I'm not like everybody immediately blamed me, assumed it was my fault and didn't actually look into it. Xavier has fucking mind powers. And he wasn't like, oh, it turns out Lance didn't do this. Like no yeah. one exonerated him at any point. He and just assumed he did it. And also even Logan went along with it. And meanwhile, the new mutants were like, oh, it was us. <laughs> like, by the yeah. way. Like, that's kind of nuts. I mean, I don't know. Every now and then this episode has some interesting things to say about, like, class dynamics that, I don't know. I like that part of it, even though it's not spelled out. It's still, no, like, it's not. making a certain type of statement about how some kids really aren't given the opportunity to succeed. And you have to play along with fucking Xavier's rich-ass rules and, like, right. institutions in order to be even allowed. That's, that's why, like, Boom Boom calls it all out. Yeah. It's, you know? it's kind of fucked up. But anyway, I liked the episode a lot, even though I don't know who Lance is anymore as a person. And I'm like, I also okay. like, I mean, like, I don't know, know so much what purpose the episode serves other than to like show that Lance, like, it's like almost a story told through somebody who is not an X-Men, you know, like this is not yes. an X-Men episode. It's a Brotherhood episode. And but like, I like that, though. This is what the Brotherhood looks like from the outside of the X-Men. Or sorry, yeah. this is what the X-Men looks like from outside of the X-Men. So, yep, yep. Which is interesting. And I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. I guess maybe Kitty and Lance are going to keep having their flirtatious thing. It was also fun to see Bobby because we haven't really gotten that much new mutant stuff yet on this show. And this was the first episode where we really got to see. We only really spend time with like Iceman and Magma on this show. Like Magma gets her moments and then like Iceman just kind of becomes one of the main characters. But they don't really do. They don't do anything with Sunspot. They do like a short brief side story with Wolfsbane very shortly. But it's Mm -hmm. like more about Beast. Uh, Berserker, who's not explained at all, like <laughs> knows the Morlocks later, and like it's like okay, I guess that's there. A cannibal does nothing except fly around. Multiple man also does nothing. It's just very like on the sidelines, and I don't know if they were planning to do more with it down the line. It could just be that they wanted to incorporate in Bobby, who's like not normally a new mutant anyway. He's normally yeah. like with the rest of the X Men, and they were kind of like, uh, whoopsie, we should have put Bobby onto the show. Before. I, I mean, I guess, but like at the same time, I'm fine with it because even in the original comics, uh, you know, like he He's was young. the youngest member, and even later on, like I, we've talked about on Spotlight episodes where the new mutants came along, and Bobby would like kind of like hang out with them and sort of like mentor them because he's like well i kind of relate to them a little because i'm like closer to them in age than anybody else here Mm -hmm. 
it all makes sense and i mean yeah. even lance popping in and hanging out with new mutants also makes a certain kind of social dynamics sense which i really like like this show feels very smart when it comes to that and like looking at yeah. the characters and being like who actually would hang out with who if this were teenagers making clicks like what would the dynamics be and i that mean i, mean, I wish they had more characters along the, down the line like i would have loved seeing like psylocke and Emberfrost and be like okay how does that work you but know they like, can, like barely keep up with all the characters they have i mean once again storm and beast are not on the show like yeah but all. i think that's a mistake if they had storm beast or logan as kids on the show i think it would have like actually enhanced the story more yeah. you know what i mean and so instead they kind of displace things and then because of this displacement they've made, they then have to like work around it story wise and kind of write themselves out of corners all the time. I know. So, which is not a bad thing. That's a good thing to learn how to do. But like in this case, it's not necessary. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think the other problem is that because Logan and Storm and Beast are adults, their storylines can never really have anything to do with the main thrust of the show. Like we're never really yeah. going to get a Logan storyline that isn't like, Oh, teacher Logan is like off in a corner fucking Sabretooth again. But like, that's not even really a storyline. It's like a C plot at best. It's like not part of the show. It's just like Logan's sexual situations in the yeah, background. Yeah, because he's not. But but OK, but on X-Men TAS, Logan's various sexual situations were the entire plot of the show because the show was basically about Wolverine and his exes. And like, that right. was the plot of the show. And it was really fun to watch. But on this show, that's not the, the main plot. The main plot is all these teenagers. And because Logan and Storm aren't teenagers they never really get plot lines and they can't have them and like even african storm which we just watched it has to be about evan because this is a story about teenagers and like that's fine but it just means then that you're taking the two best characters in my opinion which are wolverine and storm and taking them out of the show not doing anything with them yeah just being like these characters aren't on the show and like beast is now in that situation too where it's like well, this is a show about teenagers, so it's going to be teenage storylines, which means, uh, whoopsie, Storm and Logan aren't here. Like, that's right. kind of too bad. I don't know. It's just a shame. Anyway, what would you rate the episode? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've really enjoyed it, but I don't know, like, in terms of, like, actual ratings where it would fall. Like, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to give it a three. I like that's it That's where I'm at, too. Like, it's a three. I was about to say three out of five. I, like, almost want to give it a four, but I don't have any good reasoning for it other than, like, I related to it. <laughs> like, which, <laughs> yeah. in terms of relatability, it's, like, a five for me, but that's not uh, overall. But, mm-hmm. see, at the same time, I feel like it does do a really good job at, like, establishing these structures that we just just discussed between the brotherhood and the mutants uh, and the x-men and like what these different social classes are yeah so, like I'm, I'm willing to give it like a four out of five that's kind of where i'm gonna land so yeah you know what you convinced me i'm gonna give it a four it's definitely not a skip i thought it was really interesting it made me think about the new mutants and like the double standards that the brotherhood are being held to all the time which is one of our favorite topics on this show and also yeah. like it was fun to see scott taking on the Xavier role because I think that's very Scott and his interesting character development for him. Right. And they also wrote him as very clicky in this. Like I yeah. felt like everything in this was well-written. Like I felt like it, it felt like high school to me. It felt like more like post high school for me, like a little bit of high school, but then like that 1920s, like, you know, 1920 yeah. was very much like this too. So, yep, which we did. Yep talked about in great length on this show so yeah i mean it's it's similar but it's also like these kids are being forced to grow up really fast because they're like being trained to be soldiers for some fucking reason you, nobody will ever know we'll never nobody know Nobody will ever know there's going to be a mutant war that comes but like when i don't, I know. don't know like the I last time we did this it was fucking hunger games and i was like I don't know what's the fucking th- that that fucking whistle. So I, to, I can't whistle it. Anyway, you know it's like da da da. da. All right, yeah, let's move on. I know okay, what so you're like, trying to do. <laughs> okay, so speaking of like Hunger Games, who's gay? The Scott is hungry for Lance's dick throughout this whole episode. Like he's so wildly jealous to a point that it's like, dude, calm the fuck down. Like, yeah. I know that's not what's being written. I know what's being written is that they're like, Scott doesn't trust this guy because he's one of the brotherhood. It's really but he's simple. Also, like very obsessed with Lance. I mean, it's not the first time we've seen Scott be weirdly obsessed with Lance. Okay, well, I mean, that whole scene where I know that he, I know the joke was like, oh, okay, he's wearing an X uniform and Cyclops wants to make a joke of how it looks better than his brotherhood uniform. But, but instead, like, it just comes off like super gay. Like he's like, he's like, hey, I really like you in that X uniform. 
just you know places his hands on him stares into his eyes smiling for like a full 10 seconds and lance is like lance, get like, the fuck away from me away. yeah he's like, like i'm why? here to fuck kitty like yeah. i don't know yeah it's very weird it reminded me of that summer camp episode that we did where they were climbing the mountain and like lance and scott got like really competitive and obsessed with each other for a day and everybody else yeah, was like why like, is this happening suddenly yeah like, I, I feel like that's because it's like scott kind of leads the x-men and like lance uh, kind of leads the brotherhood when he's like in a good mood i wonder if that's also part of why scott gets so obsessed with him though is because he's like he knows that if lance gets here that lance will end up being xavier's okay, favorite but like on the show it's like it's same with duncan whenever cyclops says a situation where he's a rival with someone it just gets like weirdly sexual mm-hmm. i don't know why or that like is in the original stories where it's like where it's um logan and scott yeah i mean like scott yeah, can't I deal mean, with like, having a rival basically I, he he can't deal with having a rival and like at some point in the comic books, they're going to point out that, like, it's not just a rivalry. They're like, okay, Scott, like, has, like, sexual tension with anybody he competes with. Because that is not, you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, it's there. It's on the pages. It's on this show. Like, mm-hmm. he just can't control himself. I don't know. Like. Yeah. I, I guess the other example that I would give from this episode is Bobby, even though I have no real argument for it. It's just nice when we have a character who is gay that's on the <laughs> show. And on the show, he is supposed to be canonically gay because he doesn't have any love interest and he's kind of similar to pietro which is so it's such a shame that like okay you can tell this character is canonically gay because they don't have a love address like god damn it remember when this was what it was like sad but yeah oh, well. i mean like because bobby doesn't have they don't give that to him instead they there's like scenes later on like where all the girls get into like a hot tub together they're like come on bobby he's like uh no thank you like <laughs> <I> just- <laughs> yeah oh well Poor Bobby. I don't know. He he definitely gets gets the vibe where he hangs out with girls on this show, but they're like his gay best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, like where he's or like making hit- the ballerina for Jubilee in the previous episode or whatever that yeah, was. Yeah, like that wasn't like romantic. I was like, okay, Bobby's gay. It's like, but it's the same thing with like Boo Boom and Magma come closest to kind of having an on screen relationship. Yeah. So I think there is also something kind of tragic about the idea of bobby repressing his sexuality as well as like coming to terms with being a mutant and acting out in this impulsive way like a lot of that does also remind me of us as kids and like kind of hating ourselves and stuff but also working out who we were by doing all this rebellious behavior and being like i don't fit into society so like also fuck rules and like that is what bobby does in this episode he's like whatever i don't believe in anything i am i am a gay anarchist and like i'm gonna create an ice loop-de-loop like there is something to that story for him that is queer yeah and he's like flying by and be like da 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 i hope he does that like when he's like skiing by be like da 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 and jubilee's yeah, like i know this song sonic yeah i don't know yeah, also like jubilee knows all about sonic the next episode is about sonic um i actually don't know what the next episode is because i didn't write it down i think that's finally is on angel's wings i think that is correct finally okay yeah the next one according to disney plus is on angel's wings but you know what we probably should have watched it two episodes ago oh wow that's what i was saying i had it in the right order i think initially yeah but disney doesn't i don't know why disney changed it but I don't anyway, know the next one is on Angel's Wings. Warren is in the little uh, preview image. So next week, when we do on Angel's Wings. Spotlight on Warren. Yeah, we haven't done him yet because I've gotten around it for a long time. But it's going to be that's a lot of work for Ryan to do. All right. It is. Good to know. Great. Great stuff. Uh, so is it time for plugs? It is. Uh, Pluggy, are you here? No. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Still planning something with Mr. Sinister, I see. Yeah, it would be really funny if he was here and he actually was like, I'm not here. Goodbye. <laughs> I mean, that is what just happened. <laughs> OK, well, whatever. Anyway, well, he's uh, yeah, under it's the time bed, for plugs. Waiting for All this right. moment. Um. Anyway, look, is still look, on the bed, hoping, <laughs> hoping the pluggy comes out. Everybody <laughs> should go to the mutantages.com. It's a cool place where cool kids hang out. Um. And also our podcast is hosted there. And yes. you can find a whole bunch of other stuff over there, like all the ways that you can contact us, like our email, themutantages at gmail.com, a link to our Discord server where you can hang out and tell us that we're wrong, because we are, and our voicemail where you can call us at 1508-319-1668 and leave us a message uh, if you want to. And then last but not least, of course, is our P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760 where you can send us physical mail could be a card could be a postcard could be an actual object if you want i think somebody mailed us some stuff we need to set up yeah we have to, to do another unboxing to do that. that and if we were to film an unboxing where would it go ryan 
it goes up on our Mutant Ages YouTube where we post all of our unboxings, but also we play through every video game that has the X-Men in it. Yes, uh, sometimes we do. Sometimes we do X-Men parodies. Sometimes I take clips from this show and match it up with the animation from the cartoons. Sometimes we just have us reading old shit on there, although now that's become more of a Patreon thing. So enjoy mm-hmm. that over at Patreon. We'll get that to that in a second. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel, which is just Ryan Pagella, in which I put all sorts of adventures and fun vlogs up there. Uh, been, I went to a free play arcade recently. Where, where was I last week? I don't remember what I posted this week. Uh, <laughs> well, you will have posted something else by the time this episode comes out because we do two weeks ahead of time. I mean, I'm trying to get out and do stuff like I went out to like this winter warming thing out in Taunton, Massachusetts. I went and did monster mini golf with Katie. So we're making stuff. It's fun. Yeah, you played mini golf. Maybe that was what you were trying to think of. I don't know. I mean, like I, I'm getting out there. I try to do three things a week just to keep things interesting mm-hmm. and just, you know, not go insane. Yeah, like life is an adventure. So if you want adventure. That's the place. Uh, also, I have my Twitch channel where I am playing Marvel's Avengers, so that will be fun. Mm-hmm. Look for the Discord for links to that. Also, we're all on social media. Uh, so the Mutant Ages is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, and it's even on TikTok. And we're on the internet too. <laughs> I'm at Ryan Pagella Instagram and Ryan Pagella on Twitter. I almost, said inst- I almost said Instagram again. I am losing it. So you're at Ryan.pagella on Instagram and on yeah. Instagram, you're at Ryan.pagella. So yeah, that's those right. Are two anyway, places but Maddie, you are you Ryan. also at Minnie Myers on Instagram and Instagram? Yes, also I Instagram. Am. I, I know. And then on Instagram, I'm at Minnie Myers, but okay, if you want to follow a place where I post more, I guess it's Twitter. That's not even true. I don't know. You can follow my Instagram if you want. You can get pictures of my cat Warren Worthington. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. It's like, there's what there's Maddie's Instagram account, which is like, Pictures Almost of 100 pictures of uh, Warren and then pictures for wearing cool outfits. Every now and then I'll post a picture of myself. Yeah, and then on Twitter you make like commentary it's about the that's the mutant ages. But you know, yeah. you may as well follow the mutant ages Twitter for that. It's like way funnier than mine. Yeah, um, it is. Anyway, we oh also God. have a Patreon where you can support the show. Um, so that's patreon.com slash the mutant ages. You can find weekly episodes about WandaVision these days. Uh, yes. And so we do live reactions. Well, kind of live a couple days after the episode, we record a reaction to it and then we put that up. And also you have a bunch of other tiers you can, you can subscribe to depending on what you can afford. And if you are backing at the highest ever tier, you get a shout out on the show, which I guess That's is right. Bobby's voice. I don't no, know. I was, I was going to kind of do a party voice, but yeah, it could be Bobby. Who's like, Hey guys, we're going to have a cool time tonight. Come on, let's sneak out and go for a joyride. Come on, Soren B, Samuel B, and Zach S. It's going to be a totally cool time if it's you want to chill with me. <laughs> <laughs> let's go do loop-de-loops of Sonic with Dangerously with this X-Man. <laughs> Thank you for being our top-tier supporters. You get, I don't know, crazy voices from me every week. Yep. And also, if you want, you can shop in our Teespring store. You can buy yourself oh, yeah, a t-shirt where Bishops tells you that time travel is real, or you can buy shirts, mugs, masks, etc. with our logo on there, Mutant Ages logo with that cool Magneto M. All of it supports us. Yeah, it all supports us. Um, and, you know, if you don't have any money and you're flat broke, we totally understand. But you could still give us an iTunes review, or you could review That's us right. on Facebook, um, or just share the show with your friends on your own social media. And that goes a long way, too. So please do. It does. It does. It does. It does. It does. Da, 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 da. Uh, <sighs> this has been another episode. We'll it see sure you next time. It sure has. <laughs> see you next time. I don't even know where Logan is. I should probably call him. <laughs> yeah, call Logan. See if Pluggy got in there or not. And by I in mean, there, I, I mean Logan's butt. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Bye. See you next time. The Mutant Agent.